Welcome to Catholic Stuff You Should Know, a J10 initiative. Hey, welcome back to the podcast. Here we are, Father John and Father Brian Larkin, who's joining me today in the place of Nathan Noble. I needed a little break from that guy. So, Father Brian, welcome. Yes, thank you very much, Father Naple. It's so good to be here. So, uh, Father Brian, tell us a little bit about yourself, kind of where you're from and uh, what you're doing before we get into the topic today. That's certainly evident. I am not from uh, the, the city proper of Denver. I'm from uh, Littleton, Colorado. Is that right? Highlands Ranch area near Ken Carl. And I am presently the Broker Vicar at Magnet Hall of Mary North Glen, Colorado, off of 104th Avenue. That's kind of a large parish. Do you have any uh, parishioners who uh, listen to our podcast? I do believe there are a few. I, I, I give my sincere greetings to every single one of those. Welcome. Now, uh, what topic would you like to discuss today? Because you recommended one for me. Yes, it's well. It's certainly evident that the that, that the people out there do not believe that the existence of God is evident by creation, and I just think that's absolutely preposterous. I mean, certainly, if N.T. Wright would say that God would exist, I would say absolutely. But we must also factor in the fact that the Lord created the universe in order to. Um, allow us, uh, as kind of a braille reading, to find our way blindly back to him. Does that make sense? It makes perfect sense. Uh, thanks, Father Brian. Uh, you move at such a quick pace, though. <laughs> the, uh, um, the topic in particular is the uh, oh, yes. five proofs for the existence of God. Yes, one you, of my... you seem to get excited when you speak about this. Yes, one of, one of, my, one of my dear parishioners at Immaculate of Mayor North Glen has, has, has suggested that the podcast include the five existences of God according to St. Thomas. Well, I would say that is a jolly idea. <laughs> Did I mention I'm a melancholic? What does melancholic mean for those people who... Might not know that word. Well, it comes from two variations. Melon, from the Latin melon, meaning rounded, and cholera, a deadly disease that killed half of the world in the early 1800s. So, don't eat melons. <laughs> the, uh, uh, okay, enough on melancholy. Let's get back to the proofs of the existence yes. of God. So, here we go. Father Brian, can you name any of uh, Igni- or Ignatius, excuse me, St. Thomas Aquinas' uh, proofs? This is from... Uh, the first part of the first part of the Summa Theologiae. Question 2, Article 3. Yes. Whether God exists. It's, like a, it's actually quite beautiful. If somebody says, how do you know that God exists? You say, one, two, three. <coughs> you know, the first part, second question, third article. <laughs> Very clever. <laughs> yes, thank you. Oh, um, it's name one, yes. Um, let's begin Let's begin from uh, necessity or motion, perhaps? Okay, that's two different ones. Okay, why don't we do motion then? Number one, the first and more manifest way is the argument from motion. It is certain and evident to our senses that in the world some things are in motion. He's drinking his cranberry juice, so I'm uh, reading directly from the text here. Now, whatever is motion is put in motion by another, for nothing can be in motion except... In, it is in potentiality to that towards which a blah, blah, blah. Yes. When things are moving, there has to be a source by which it, it begins to move. Yes, imagine a Frisbee, okay? I do love Frisbees. But a Frisbee doesn't move unless I, as the mover, move it, okay? But someone had to move me first. I couldn't, I couldn't, just, I couldn't just move myself unless I am a self-mover. You see, I, we will get into other ones in terms of necessity and existence and whatever, but in terms of motion, imagine that the planets and 
you know, the stars and everything else is moved by an initial force called the prime mover. And this certain folks call God. Nice. The primum movens. The first moving one. The first mover. God in his existence is the one moving. Now, Father Brian, uh, these are metaphysical arguments, right? People have a problem uh, thinking metaphysically. So in some ways, how can we break this down? They don't think that... uh... Maybe we'll move on from that question. Your eyes uh, just burned out of your head. So let's go to the second way. I Go ahead with the question. I, I can always punt. Do you know what the second way is? We'll move on. It's all right. What? No, now our listener land is completely confused. Okay, so here's the problem. Yes. Nobody can think metaphysically. So <laughs> these proofs for the existence of God, which are metaphysical proofs, they don't make any sense to people in the modern world. That's why they say, ah, this doesn't make sense. I thought they were cosmological proofs. Sure. Right? I don't know. Yeah, the, the, the cosmological proofs of existence. So how could people who are so in tune with scientific truth and with nature then in no way understand or come to understand these things? Well, it would seem that those who would study the stars or the human body and everything else would see just from Newtonian physics that there has to be an initial force moving upon these objects. Even if there's not metaphysical language in there, they can go back to their third-grade textbooks, <laughs> unless they're absolute banal individuals. True. To the next way. Okay, why not? The second way is from nature of the efficient cause. What is an efficient cause, Father Brian? Well, the efficient cause is that which is responsible for the effect of another. So, is that right? Yes. Okay, yes. So, I would affect the frisbee by throwing it. My I would be the initial I would be the efficient cause of its motion. It the effect being the perfect backhanded spiral in ultimate frisbee, <laughs> which I also love. At Immaculate of Mary Northglen. You seem to be very interested in frisbee. Now, I think the basic thing is if I'm not the cause of my own self, then I am the effect in some way yes. of something. Imagine imagine a barrel of monkeys. Many people have played this game back in the day. So you, in order to hook one monkey to the other, you must be holding on to the monkey. If you're not holding on to the first monkey, you certainly can't pick up the second monkey or the third or the bazillionth given our current status of population. So there must be a hand holding up the entire chain which would affect the cause which would cause the effect of millions upon millions of people coming about. He just stole that analogy from uh, Dr. Selner Wright, which is a very good one. But for those of you who don't know what Barrel of Monkeys is, could oh. you explain? It just explained it. There's, <laughs> there's monkeys, they have hands, you interlock the hands, and then you pull them out. Did you ever play that game when you were children? <laughs> I am 32, but... Some people didn't have his childhoods as rich as yours. Are yes. you from England, by the way? No, I told you I'm from Highlands Ranch. Well, I'm from Highlands Ranch, and I don't talk like you, Father Brian. I don't understand what the problem. Maybe it's the <laughs> microphone. Something like that. To the third way, which is taken from possibility and necessity and runs thus. Go ahead. Possibility and necessity. <laughs> so so I know that the ultimate end is we have we have prime mover, we have God as the efficient cause, and now we have God as the only necessary being, correct? Right, that is correct. So, I am possible, but I'm not necessary. Um, I am present now. Creation is as it is presently, but it could be a different way. 
but it's not. But it's possible that it wouldn't be. So, hence God is the only necessary being. Exactly. I didn't understand that one. No, that one's good. That one's difficult to get our head around. But it's not necessary that anything exists. And if everything is potential in its being, contingent is the other word for it, then it would all have to come back to one necessary being. He who is absolutely in himself existing. The fourth way is taken from the gradation uh, to be found in things. So the gradation of beings. Yes. Would that be perfection? Yes. Okay, so I would contain many perfections. My hair, say. Yes. But... With the new wave. Yes. Thank you. I'm glad you noticed. And hair gel. We, we saw that when we were... Enough! Sorry. <laughs> Please. Spare me some dignity for my parishioners at Immaculate Heart of Mary North Glen. Um, okay, so God is contains the fullness of perfection. So while I can run like a cheetah, I am not a cheetah. So I can run fast, but a, a cheetah would contain the perfection of being able to run faster than any land animal. I am able to run faster than any land animal currently as a parishioner at Immaculate Heart of Mary North. That reminds me of a poem. What is it? Something along like, I run alone? The world is my ecosystem. Ah, crap. Uh, <laughs> and though I run by myself, I am not alone. Very good. That was Something a poem, like that was a okay. poem written about Father Brian. So perfection, God would contain the fullness of perfection. We participate in His perfection while not containing the fullness of perfection ourselves. But we have to uh, receive our perfection from someone else, and the one who would contain the fullness of perfection would be God. Right, and there are other levels, so to speak, a gradation of being. Like rocks do not have the same perfection as we do because yes. they don't have intellectual capacities. Yes. Things like that. So this gradation is a sign that at the highest point of that, the fullness of perfection would be God. And God, would God then be a, a sanguine instead of a melancholic if you oh, contained yes. the full? <laughs> well, if he was a melancholic, he never would have got through creation. He would have got distracted and tired. Stop it. Next one. Last the fifth, one. The fifth way is taken from the governance of the world. We see that things which lack intelligence, such as natural bodies, act for an end. And this is evident for their acting always and nearly always in the same way, so as to obtain the best result. This is about design. This is about telos, Father Brian. Tell us about that. Yes. Um, I don't remember this one. <laughs> the <laughs> fifth way has to do with the design. So things that do not have intelligence in themselves, such as natural oh, bodies, yes. have, they act towards an end. Everything acts towards an end in itself, even if it doesn't have the intelligence to choose that end in itself. There's right. a purpose and an order in everything. Yes, that must be given to it by an intelligent designer that perhaps we, that we ourselves, although we participate in God's reason and in, in a small way in his intelligence, we certainly don't have the full picture and so we are oriented towards an end. Um, yes. Very good. I don't even know if that's right. I think that's what I'm... It's about what lacks intelligence for the fifth way. Whatever lacks intelligence cannot move towards an end unless it be directed by some being endowed with knowledge and intelligence as the arrow is shot to its mark by the archer. Hmm. So, Father Brian, as we close with these five ways, let me ask you, can one know by the light of human reason that God exists? Absolutely. We just proved that. Yes. So we can know without faith. These are cosmological proofs. But can we know God in himself? No. That is correct. He has to reveal himself. 
And even if we were to know God, Thomas tells us that it would be difficult, it would take a long time to come to true knowledge of him, and very few would do it, and it would be a very filled confused... Filled with errors. Filled with errors. Yes, and also, I mean, Thomas will talk about this in, in our later Secunda Tertia Quadratia part of the, su- of the Summa, but he would say that we are directed towards an end that we cannot see by the light of our human reason alone, hence revelation. Ma'am. So we have faith in God, as well as reason, our faculty. And then we have these two wings of the intellect rising us. Isn't that beautiful? I, I, I don't know where I read that. Somewhere. It's beautiful. Yes. He probably wrote about it in your thesis. Yes. Father Brian Larkin, thank you so much for being on today. Catholic Stuff Podcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.